Okay. Got it. Excellent. Okay, I'm I'm ready. <clears throat> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this American Horror Story. Oh, I thought of something. Sorry. Um, could you make sure you have your headphones turned down a little bit? Sometimes I think your mic picks up that like me talking through your headphones, and it it's, it just gets a little fuzzy in there when I go through and do the editing. I totally forgot about saying that, but now I'm gonna do that. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> that's okay. I blast I blast your volume really loud into my ears, so maybe that's part of the problem. <laughs> I'll talk louder. Okay, now I'm ready. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror... Excuse me. American Horror Story. <laughs> I am Happy your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host, Chris Husted. What's up, everyone? Hope everyone had great holidays. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New 2016, holiday. everybody. Yeah. Uh, kicking 2016 off in a big way with the final two episodes of American Horror Story. I knew that I'd read a while ago that there was only going to be 12 instead of 13 episodes Wait, this what? Season. Are you serious? I thought there was 13. No, no, no. This is the penultimate episode. No. No. Yeah. No. You know, all, all good things must come to an end. I guess that makes a little sense why so much stuff happened in this episode. <laughs> right, yeah. It was uh, clearly leading up to something big. I don't know. I don't think they could have pulled it out for two more episodes. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, we only get two ep- A lot That's of ground first, to cover. Oh, first disappointment of 2016 already. Here it is. Oh, don't be disappointed. No, I, mean, I liked the episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about, and we still don't know what's going to happen in the next episode. And, you know, we still don't even know what the topic is for next season. Well, of course, we'll always cover True. that in the, the final the final episode. But uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get two two seasons this, um, this year. I know they were talking about That's doing right. that at one point. So who knows? Uh, anyway, we're so happy that all of you can be joining us here this evening uh, for the second-to-last episode, in which we will be covering episode 11, Battle Royale. No pun intended. Actually, I think there's totally a pun There's intended. a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> stuff to talk about with that title. I can't wait to get started here. But, of course, before we get going, we always have to kind of uh, recap... Um, how much we enjoy talking with you guys, interacting with you, and uh, we encourage you to continue doing so. That is on our Facebook page at This American Horror Story uh, Podcast, facebook.com slash that, and also um, email us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. We try to respond to everything uh, as much as we can. And uh, also rate us, review us on iTunes. We really appreciate that, especially with the season coming to an end. Um, it's a great time to jump on there and do it, and it means a lot to us to get your feedback. So thank you. Kick things off, you. yeah. Since this is actually one of the few evenings that we're we're podcasting this year, um, what are you drinking? Just mm-hmm. as a as a classic intro. Yeah, I have uh, a Goose Island three one two. Uh classic Midwest. Yep, throwing it back to grad school. What about you? I'm drinking a blackout stout. It's an imperial stout from Great Lakes Brewing, up mm. in. Cleveland, so local Ohio over here. 
Represent. Midwest represent. What would? <laughs> oh no. And now. <laughs> Without further ado, let's dive into the Battle Royale. So obviously we're kicking things off uh, right where we started before the Christmas break here. Um, and even actually, not even right where we started, we're, we're rewinding a few seconds to see kind of the, uh, I guess, the lead up to the big cliffhanger we had at the end of last episode. Of course, that is Iris and Liz kind of getting psyched up, up to go do uh, a shootout. Um, specifically, they're trying to target the Countess. I don't know about you. Um, this particular uh, kind of build-up scene felt very Tarantino-esque to me. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Like everything, and like, come on, we can do this. Let's do this. And then, and then the strut down the hallway and into the elevator and out the elevator and in through the doors. Liz has got this like swagger with her. She's got oh, the confidence. She's great. She's ready yeah. to do oh, yeah. this. And um, obviously, Iris is the one that Liz still has to talk her into giving her that confidence. And then Iris looks a little meek, like, but can I I do this? Um, But they do it. But it it was very, very well shot. Uh, Michael Uppendahl is the director, sorry. Yeah. That was also my speakers turning off in the background, if you heard that noise. (laughs) Uh, And and they do go through with it. in quite the fashion, obviously. Um, let's talk a little bit about kind of the, the aftermath here. So first of all, uh, going into it, obviously they didn't expect Donovan to be in there. But Donovan right. gets caught in the crossfire. Well, mainly he, he jumps in front of the Countess to yeah. take the bullets for her. Um, At that point, I was like, all right, Donovan, pretty... you, you made your bed. You, you well, kind of deserve this. He was about ready, he was ready to die in the last episode. He was ready to have her mm-hmm. kill him right at the end there. Anyway, so his death was was pretty much coming. But Iris obviously um, didn't want to be the one responsible for killing him. Although they've kind of fallen in and out of motherly son love uh, enough in this series that I think it was time to break things off a little bit and let it go. Um, uh, but some weird stuff obviously goes on after his death. But let's talk about him actually dying. So. Uh, a couple things that we should note. Uh, obviously, the Countess kind of crawls out of the room. They decide they're going to hang with Donovan and save him. him outside the so that way. hotel. Important piece of information we learn here is that vampires do, in fact, uh, come back to the Cortez if they die. I think that was a question we'd had before, which could, in theory, mean Tristan's still somewhere wandering around the Cortez. Yeah, that that's... yeah. Well, a li- little bit later on when we see some of these other people die, like, so are they dead dead or are they all ghosts now too? We, and we just won't see them because they're not important to the story anymore. Because there must be a shitload of ghosts in that hotel. Oh, absolutely. It must be packed with ghosts. <laughs> At least for the course of this season. <laughs> well, and it makes you wonder if all, you know, kind of like March was saying, do all the ghosts realize they're ghosts? Or is it more like uh, the Shining situation where they're kind of still think they're in their current time period i don't know it's mm-hmm. a, that that part of the history is a little bit convenient in some ways but uh i think that this was kind of a touching moment where they dragged down and out the street and iris gets a very uh, no i'm trying to look for, find the right words um she gets redemption i think but not in you know it's a very subtle redemption right when Donovan yeah. says this, go ahead. 
I would say it feels a little it was a little weird, but yeah, they they get Donovan outside and then as he's dying outside on the street, he says he just says thanks mom and then dies. Maybe I don't mean Iris gets redemption. I mean, I guess I mean closure. Donovan gets redemption. Yeah, Iris gets closure. Yeah. Um they they heal their relationship. It kind of seems like maybe at least yeah, there's some closure to their relationship. Which I appreciated. Uh, also, it looked like Donovan had lipstick around his mouth. I didn't understand why his mouth was so bloody. I, I don't know. Maybe he got shot in an internal organ and he was coughing up blood, too. It must have been. It was His mouth was real bloody, though. I just thought that was interesting. But um, Immediate thought here. When you saw this, did were you thinking Donovan's gone forever, and but Gaga survives? Or, or I, did you predict what was going to happen? Yeah, I figured he was gone. I th- I think I mean he wasn't like a main star, and he's been in and out the whole time. I think this was you know the people got to die the episode before the finale. They have to, you know, mm-hmm. and he is going to be one of those cases. I I think the only thing that made me uh, question that is when they burn his body inside, even though he died outside, and then she's and then Iris scatters all his ashes all over the bed and it, like rolls in it or something. So I was like, oh, is she either doing something really malicious, which is trying to bring him in there so he does get stuck as a big middle finger to him for being such an ass all those years, or is she just really that weird? And I think maybe she's just really that weird. I think maybe she's really that weird too, but I, I have some more thoughts on that that we can talk about as kind of the timeline goes on. The way I kind of divided things here, well, I didn't divide things here. It's kind of going through just chronologically this episode because there were so many things that were intertwined. I felt like that was an easier way to approach than mm-hmm. trying to separate storylines like we do sometimes. So then let's talk about where the Countess is at. Sally is pulling the bullets out of her with her fingers, which is pretty gruesome. This was a graphic episode. At least the front end was. Right. Um, This made me think, you know, vampires must have a higher threshold for pain. Um, Obviously, also the fact that, like, Donovan survived all those shots long enough for them to pull him out into the street before dying. Um, Which makes sense if they have, like, superior immune systems and stuff like that, that they... And they seem to heal faster than normal people that, you know, in the face of pain of some kind or like bodily harm they can survive longer than an average person and so the countess does and uh, sally um is there to save her and we get some flashback from from sally uh well, after we well i'll say after she makes sally says she needs the countess like you know don't don't ever leave me promise me and then here's why yeah well prov- here go ahead and give us a little recap of that background story well, it's 1993, which, as we know, she was from the 90s, uh, and she's in the alternative grunge scene as a songwriter slash producer, and she had this uh, thing for this grunge act or this, uh, this duo, this guy and this girl, that were hooking up in the, in the middle of a recording, it looked like, and she was really, they're like, Sally, what do you think? Can we keep it in there? She's like, yeah, that's hot. And then they all check in at the hotel. Cortez right afterwards for a good old fashioned menage a trois and uh, and some drug use because it's 1993 so let's all do some heroin and have an orgy right but while that happens I mean I'm going to skip right to the crazy well the second craziest part second craziest part is she shoots uh, some heroin in the guy's wiener 
<laughs> Ow. She does do that. She does do that. Yeah. Um, and Hardcore. then they continue the thing. And then she's like, you guys want to get. Well, she also says that she wants to crawl inside his skin and masturbate. <laughs> she and... did say that too. Mm-hmm. Then she says, if you guys want to get real close, do you trust me? Let's do this. And then she sews them all together in some weird way. I mean, okay, you're right. Um, I think it's been very clearly established Sally has abandonment issues. I think And she even admits it, I think, at one point. Um, Outright. We don't know why, as far as I can remember. And a, a correct a, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've seen an actual origin of her abandonment issue. And that's kind of what I was hoping this would be, is more backstory on why she is the way she is. I feel like the right, only backstory right. we got is like why she has a specific attachment to the Hotel Cortez, or did, right. until she died. Yeah, why she's stuck there, exactly. Yeah, we didn't get, oh, at least, again, unless it's been like a couple months, so maybe we forgot, but I don't think we have seen that. Um, but, we, I mean, she does say, like, all I want to do is be loved, and she just never wants to be abandoned, and that's what she was trying to do in her effed-up state of mind while they're super high by sewing them all together, and oops, your two partners overdose. Do you think this has anything to do with the fact that she sews people into mattresses, or is that just a separate? She just likes sewing things. Ugh. That's a good connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could definitely be it. That could definitely be it. Because then she traps them in there, and they can never get out, and they'll never leave her. That would Even make other sense people... in a creepy, twisted way. Yeah, it does. She's she's real weird, and I mean, and that's why she's also, as she says, good at sewing up uh, the countess because. She knows every vein, and she also has this fixation with attaching things together. Yeah, never, never having things pulled apart or pulled away from her. Um, I do think it's interesting to point out that she has a somewhat parallel story to the Countess, just in the sense that, like, she's kind of a third wheel to something that's already established, but has a connection to a couple instead of like one individual person. Mm-hmm. How progressive, and and then happens to lose both of those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we see the uh, that twice in in this span of time, um, and then also we see kind of the introduction of Drillbit Dildo, which is kind of the, he, she gets tortured for three days straight by the guy before she breaks free, and I think it's it's clear by now that he's, I think we've we've called it basically an addiction demon. Um, He's not an actual... He's not like Rubberman, like a real person. It's like a manifestation of a concept. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting because, you know, you think about when she was, uh, like, sewed up with the two other partners. And she says I think she's she was there for five days before the demon shows up. And we could maybe look at that as possible withdrawals of her drug use and this demon and fighting the desire to do drugs, you know? I think that's, yeah, I think that's good insight. And so, um, interesting backstory, but not as fulfilling as I had hoped it would be, I would say. Agreed. Agreed. Um, But when we come out of it, she basically tells, like, the uh, the countess says, well, what do you want from me? Because she says she needs you. And she says, I want you to get John Lowe back here. He should have never left. And I want to kill him so he stays here forever. Because guess what, folks? She was abandoned by John Lowe again. Or by someone yeah. again, and it's John Lowe. 
for his right. and, and uh, talks trash about and his she, wife. She wants him there forever. Well, because she's been so dedicated to him throughout his mm-hmm. uh, the past few years when Alex kind of couldn't give a shit about him, frankly. And um, she feels like she's kind of earned something, like to be with him eternally. Which I think there's uh, that's one of the themes we see in this episode is devotion. You know, Indeed. We see yes, with devotion with one form Sally. We see to get it. To that. Mm-hmm. Evers. Sally, Miss Evers, um, uh, the Countess uh, Donovan, because the Countess is devoted to the kids in some and weird I, way. And Iris being devoted to Donovan too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that and then battle so battle royale, which we haven't really referenced yet, but that's one of the most phenomenal movies I think ever made. <laughs> we'll give that? some background story. Yeah, I haven't so seen it. Battle battle royale is amazing. It's it's basically the original Hunger Games. It's a bunch of junior high kids that uh, it's a Japanese film, and I think it's based on a Japanese book actually, or or a or a graphic novel. I forget. One of them came first, but they made a movie in, of it in like 96, 97, some, 98, somewhere right around there. And it's basically this government um, endorsed and hosted event where these junior high, this junior high class gets kidnapped and they all get sent out onto this preserve or Island or something like that. And uh, there's weapons out there and it's essentially, it's the battle to the death. It's the last one standing. If you and if you're the last one standing, you win. It's it, it is like hunger. Like when Hunger Games came out, people were like, "Oh, you just copied Battle Royale." But anyway, but it's a great film, um, and it's obviously very gory and effed up. But that's kind of what we're seeing in this episode, Battle Royale. Yes, we have the reference to Ramona Royale, but we also have Battle Royale where people are tr- like taking other people out to see who's right. going to be the last one standing. Right, right, anyway, right. So I. And, and it is. There's some twists and turns in here that I didn't expect, actually. Oh, yeah, I agree. This is one of the first times I was surprised. I'm like, oh, nice. So let's talk about, uh, speaking of twists, let's talk about John Lowe and his family for a minute. Um, we finally see Scarlet again. <laughs> Poor. Oh, Scarlet. Semi-orphan. Should have stayed with Nana. Scarlet. Uh, brought back home to a home with rotting fruit and cobwebs. Uh, with her, that was way. I don't like that line. Sorry. Her her older baby brother. Um, <laughs> her older. How are we How are we gonna explain this to Grandma? <laughs> it'll be our secret. No, it won't. Everyone will know. <laughs> like, yeah, it'll be she, very she, obvious. She pretty much called them out on their really idiotic plan that was never going to work. Uh, and so all of a sudden, Scarlet knows everything too. She knows that they need blood, and she knows like all their secrets. Like, did they just tell her? They're such crappy parents, really. They're, like, can, couldn't they have just let Scarlet live her life, and then the rest of them have been involved with the Cortez? I mean, Holden's <laughs> too far gone, but yeah, poor Scar, poor Scarlet's Scarlet been kidnapped by somebody or another at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, and she even knows they're vampires because they're trying to be all uh, using euphemisms. As long as we take our medicine, we'll be healthy. Like, you like, mean uh, drink you're, blood? Drinking, you're drinking blood? Yeah, yeah. We know. We like, know. Are you going to kill me? <laughs> yeah, she knows what's up. She oh, knows that's what's pretty up. smart. But of course, you know they promised to never feed off of her. <laughs> Just yeah, that was ridiculous. That was never going to last. I I immediately, I'm sure you felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw impending collapse coming very quickly. Um, so we have this uh, moment where we learn, get a little bit more insight as to the Countess's relationship with the other kids. 
the and, uh, um, the Arrested Development kids, if you will. Yeah, right, right. The her the children quotes, right, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I think we we learn that she has more compassion for these kids than we realize. She really does consider them her children, um, and feels attachment to them. And initially, you know, when. She, when Sally insinuates that you know she's going to have to drink them dry in order to regain her strength, the Countess would rather die. She says at first. Right. I mean, she has to be com- like convinced by the kids who are like basically being martyrs to bring her back to life. Um, it kind of surprised me. Did it? How did you feel about it? About her having feelings. About her having these um, like, these like deep uh, paternal ties to or maternal ties to uh, the 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 pure the blood purifiers she's using (laughs) right i thought they were just instruments is what Mm -hmm. it had seemed like before um it made me rethink her motivations for that a little bit and maybe maybe she'd always wanted a big family and what's the bartholomew Uh and and maybe like all she ever got was this weird demon child um and so these were like her surrogate her surrogate children you know um where she could really you know bartholomew could never grow up Mm -hmm. and so these were her surrogate children who she was able to treat a different... I mean, they couldn't grow up either after she turned them into vampires, I guess. But she was able to parent at different phases or something. I don't know. Maybe it was feeding some maternal instinct that was unfulfilled that we didn't realize she actually had. Because, you know, the modern countess we've talked about before was so cold and distant and kind of calculated. But in the past, um, she she had a lot of feelings. <laughs> I mean, as we look back to Valentino and stuff like that. And so, yeah, maybe there was more more to those relationships than we ever realized. And in, in one way, I mean, we talked about this before. She was kind of saving Holden from two garbage parents. To be honest, yeah, I mean, she had to give make him stunted forever. But yeah, she did keep him from really crappy parents and in gross ways. Yeah, dare I say he was maybe better off anyway. He would have gotten like hit by a car on his bike or something while they weren't watching. Um. Yeah. So then she, you know, she does end up killing them and drains them, and then kind of hibernates to get her strength back. But um, she needs. Yeah, we learn more about how she kind of why she needs to drink that special blood, and maybe it's because she's so old that she needs to drink more purified blood in order to maintain her strength or something. Along I those think lines. yeah, and it helps her bounce back from an injury much quicker. Um. Yeah, I mean, then another thing, we see how devoted the kids are to her. They're like, we don't care if we die. We want to help you, Mommy. <laughs> yeah, well, they're clearly brainwashed. Yeah, and all, and all for not. Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor kids. So Liz cremates Donovan for Iris and puts him in a tub of Crisco or something like that. Um, and like you said, Iris, like, she kind of does it seems like a cat like she dumps his ashes out and like rolls in it like a cattle rolling so dirt weird. or dust or something and yeah and then uh goes to the roof and lets the wind like blow the ashes off him that's is after she tells mrs Everest to vacuum up the rest of him yep um this was very weird uh and, you know she does some talking to him and says like well i always you know I always loved you which i don't think there was ever any question she loved him i think the question was did she love him too hard mm-hmm uh, but she also talks about how similar they were, and I guess yeah. they were similar in their devotions, in so their obsessions, ornery, almost. And they mm-hmm. both, yeah, and that's why they didn't get along. Because you know, Donovan's obsessed with the Countess, and she was obsessed with Donovan. Mm-hmm. So I guess she was right in, in that sense. 
Right. <laughs> but I thought the I, I did think that the wind blowing the ashes off of her was a little bit cheesy. To me, it seemed like they were trying to be kind of poetic, but mm-hmm. it was just not. It didn't fit really. It felt <laughs> what more was your thoughts? dirty. Like she literally like put her body like covered herself in his in his body in his in his ashes. Right. That's got to mean something. His his bone chips, yeah. And then um, I think I mean I guess what what are they trying to symbolize here? I guess they're trying to symbolize her freedom. shedding him from her. Herself. I think it's yeah. I think it's a dual meaning. Her shedding him from herself, absolutely. And I think the other part is you know him being blown away, freed from the hotel which had confined him in, yeah. from the countess which had confined him and made him a prisoner for so long. I think I would have cared more about his death and him kind of reconciling with his mom sort of when he died if he hadn't gone full on like to protect the countess like he did and like totally flip the flip the switch again after he swore vengeance on her i you know it'd be nicer for somewhere in the middle kind of like how i feel like ramona handles herself later you know where she does the same thing she yeah. does the same thing um and i yeah let's uh, so hold off on that but yeah i i agree with you that i think that donovan the fact that people's you know what i think part of the problem is is i feel like it's hard to really get a feel for what people's convictions are you know and what what is meaningful to characters when they change their allegiances right so so much and on on such a whim kind of i wrote that down i mean we're gonna walk right into this section now but when when they when the when Liz and Iris are like, okay, we gotta find the countess, where did she go? And Liz says, I hope she just crawled into a corner and died. But they figured they should go get Ramona. Um, and Liz knows where she is. And they well, we can I mean, do you want me to start talking about this scene? Yeah, yeah. They walk so they go to the the little uh, secure uh, metal door where they were originally um uh, uh, what was her name? His, I mean, uh, not Valentino and Val- Natasha. Valentino, I was about to say Santino. <laughs> Valentino and Natasha uh, were kept before they were let out. Um, and the kid, and then Ramona was put in there, and then the kids were put in there, and then um, uh, Drake uh was put in there. So anyway, they go in there, they open it up. All the kids have been drained dry, which that's a nice, clean way to tidy up that uh, storyline. Um, Alex is, was smart, I guess. And then obviously they, they find Ramona there who just, after they freak out, this is a great funny scene that like Liz and Iris going through, getting all scared and stuff with their guns. Anyway, Ramona steps out and says, you know, where are you going? Um, and then they, then they have to do this like backtracking. They have to walk back on a lot of things that have happened and try to convince Ramona that, that they should trust Liz and that she should trust Liz and Iris because they are going after the Countess and but Ramona thinks that the Countess they're working for the Countess and it just goes back and forth for a little long that during this scene I'm like oh, if they this story or this this show often does too much double crossing <laughs> like people flip flop a little too much and I understand that it does happen but it's hard you know I think we're burning through like like powerful fun scenes where they could really chew it up these these actors if we didn't have to do like no you can trust me you know it felt a little like spinning wheels yeah yeah they have to do it because everyone double crossed everyone you know but anyway so 
anyway, there we are. Ramona's there with Liz and Iris, and they say she says, "All right, I'll uh, I, I I trust you, but I I need you to prove it in some form. Get me some blood, like really good blood." Right. Um, and you're right. I think that if people held more steadfast to their convictions, then um, I think we'd feel a little bit more for him in some cases. Like you said, I think it took away from Donovan's death a little bit mm-hmm. um, and from the strength of his character. And I think it does so for, for Ramona and for some others as well. Um, I do want to say that this kind of wraps up as far as, and I'm, I'm, I get the feeling it does, the whole kids' storyline and yeah. the whole th- thing about them having a sickness. We'd had some theories that maybe this was going to become a bigger thing or the disease would spread and that would ultimately like take out more people or something but it seems like it's kind of ends up being contained here Ramona doesn't seem to be too affected by the measles I mean, does she have the measles I can't really tell I don't know I couldn't really tell either I don't because, think she uh, does because Gabrielle Sidibay says something about her like eczema or you know she makes a, yeah. a comment yeah but... she says bitch when's the last time you saw the dermatologist but I don't know if that's just because she's dry, dry from kind of starving in there for yeah. so long. Um, so I think that's kind of, you know, that ends the kid's plot. Um, a little bit abrupt. I mean, not abruptly. They were let in there and everything like that. But it kind of made the whole them having a sickness thing. It was a little While they were vampires, a little bit less necessary. It's, uh, <sighs> it's very, you know, it's very American Horror Story style to wrap up a storyline like that. <laughs> right. Um, and then we see the return of Queenie. Which, did you know it was Queenie when she walked in, or did you think it would be Gabourey Sidibe playing a different character? So, I we had a comment on our Facebook page. Um, was it on our Facebook page? Oh, where they said Emma Roberts couldn't do it, so they brought in Gabourey Sidibe instead? Yeah, yeah. Jason yeah. had commented on our Facebook that Emma Roberts couldn't do it, so Gabourey Sidibe. It so wouldn't have worked with Emma Roberts, though, right? I mean, I guess they would have tried to do the same thing and someone would have slaughtered um, Madison Montgomery. Madison Montgomery. She was yeah. dead by the end of Coven, wasn't she? I know she died and came back to life. Did she die again? I'm trying to... I feel like she died back. again. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, maybe she did. Maybe she would have been a different character, but maybe they, or maybe they decided to do... I don't know. Maybe she would have been her character from Freak Show or something. No, that doesn't make any she sense. She died there, too. Period. Yeah. I don't know. Um... I don't know how they would have done things with her, but maybe she would have been a different character entirely. But we do. I did expect this to be Queenie when we saw her. Um, I didn't realize. Um, I didn't think about the fact that everyone would that, that like they would know she was a witch or that she would be I so well that, that Liz was like a fan. She's like, oh, I saw you on CNN. Liz is a fangirl. It's kind of yeah. It was great. Fun. You're part of that like gaggle of witches, and you like do spells and stuff. <laughs> Obviously, Liz didn't care that much if she just let her to slaughter. I know, yeah. Come on, Liz. Like, but that being said, they talk about how they that this that witch's blood might be even more powerful. We didn't really, we don't really see that happen in this episode, but but maybe it does. That voodoo witch power, right? I thought the battle scene was kind of fun. Well, also, I mean, her and Ramona in the in the shower with a machete. I mean that. We get a little bit of a psycho reference kind of here. Oh, definitely, and it's it's also funny because it's uh, you know uh, Angela Bassett playing the character trying to kill Gabrielle Sedebe, trying to kill Queenie, and she was also Marie Marie Laveau in uh, in Coven, Coven. So, right, the two of them are good together. They're they're great together. I th- I uh, had forgotten about 
Queenie's power to be the voodoo doll. So I was kind yeah. of enjoying, you know, I had thought she was just going to slash her throat right there. So I was enjoying a little bit of a battle. Yeah. Uh, before I loved, James I, and in. also she says, I think she says, uh, I wrote this down, I'm a human voodoo, voodoo doll bitch. I think she says that in Coven also when they are like, when she's fighting someone or playing a trick on someone or something like that. Like she says almost exactly the <laughs> Oops, same line. Sorry. Uh, Queenie had some good lines here. I she think always her, does. I love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I you know she had a short span, but I think all her all her dialogue was was well. Mm-hmm. Very Queenie. Um, even though she then, oh, and then she says it's my vacation, bitch. She says that yeah. too. <laughs> She's gonna be on the prices. She's right. gonna go on the prices right. I love that for three days. <laughs> it's well, really was, good. That was good too. Unfortunately, um, the price is not right for Queenie in this episode. Now Marge takes her out. And that was interesting, that play, because this, the stab comes out of nowhere. I'm like, for a split second, I was like, who was that? Who's doing that? And then I was like, oh, yeah. It's, and then sure enough, it turns out to be March. And she can't project that injury onto him. because, And he knows that because he says, you know what? Can't do it. I'm a ghost. I appreciated how that logic lined up because mm-hmm. that actually that makes sense. So sometimes there's stuff where it's like, yeah, I don't know that if that makes sense in the world. But this did. So I appreciated that at least. And then Ramona feasts on him and... We find out that March's motivations is to have he too wants the Countess dead so that he can have her forever, forever. All these people are like really want these people to be stuck with them forever. I don't think they understand that. That's not always great. So two big. Okay, well I guess everything leads up to the kind of big final big couple of scenes. Uh, you know the Low family gets taken back, kidnapped and taken back to the Cortez somehow. Um, he goes in with his gun, checking everything. Um, at this point, did you? I mean, did you figure the Countess was the one who went and brought him back to the hotel? I mean, who else could it be? Really, I right? figured it was the Countess. Yeah. And um, John enters the hotel like it's a war zone, kind of with his gun raised, and goes back to room sixty-four where he finds Sally, who um, ultimately blames March for for it somehow. Um, even though March wouldn't be able to leave the hotel either, and says that he's holding him until he finishes the Ten Commandments and has to go kill a killer. I, I had still thought that he was going to kill himself. Or I did too. At some, at some point that he was going to be the killer that he killed, especially when kind of Sally makes a sarcastic remark. But I guess there are killers everywhere um, in this hotel of all places. So back up um, in the penthouse, the Countess is kind of weakly limping around so it's hard for me to believe that alex and them were really kidnapped by this super weak countess at this point unless she like used up all her strength to go get them that's a good question we didn't see how they were captured maybe they were lured for some reason i guess we'll find out next episode or maybe like i don't know maybe holden well the countess is also the maker of um alex so maybe there's something there maybe alex wanted to go back or something but they left the key to show Lola that's where they were. I don't know. I think we'll find more out about that next episode. Um, I thought it, this was this seemed like an almost offensive line to me for some reason. Uh, I've never known another woman whose blood smells like walnuts. <laughs> it's like an insult. That was kind of that was odd. Funny. It was weird. Um, but you're right. Ramona's invigorated by her witch blood, but we don't get to see any of the witch blood doing anything witchy. Although she right. implies that it would maybe. Yeah. Um, there's but no. She had, effect that we've that we see but she's still alive so maybe she has a role to play in the 
finale oh, with I'm her sure, yeah. witch powers. Um, but basically, the Countess goes back to seducing Ramona at this point, and she kind of falls for it. Um, some interesting lines here. The Countess saying that everyone in the world thinks they're blessed or cursed, but in her world, she is the curse. Mm-hmm. It's which very, I guess it's, is true to some extent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very much like, like a lot of horror tropes. There's always the final girl who, at the end, or in the sequel, or the third one, the killer always says like you're you're cursed like it you know you are the bad luck you are the person that no one can get close to because they always die and that's how um the countess feels even though she's responsible for a lot of it that's what i was about to say is i think it's true to some extent but also like she's the one who slaughtered mm-hmm. uh, ramona's boyfriend and all you know stuff like that and she's created a lot of the situation she's been put in too so she's throwing herself a little pity party i think in part to convince Ramona that not to kill her. Um, Ramona, Ramona falls for it pretty quickly. Um, the Countess just wants she to does, get, you know, but also uh, she she I says she realized the connection that. I see. She has a really good line where she says like it's so interesting. I I forget how she starts it, but you know it's so easy to kill you when you're a monster in my mind. Yeah, when I'm not here, but when you're in front of me, it's like it's harder or something like that, which is absolutely true. And I think the difference between Donovan and Ramona is Ramona, like she says, has gone through 20 years of hell. So, of course, there's because she does. She was majorly in love. They were together for decades. Right. Also, right. Donovan and her were together for like a decade, maybe, maybe, maybe a little longer. I forget. But um, but it's very it's, you know, uh, that connection doesn't just doesn't go away, you know, in a very romantic way. But I think Ramona does have a much stronger head on her shoulder. She's not being fooled. She knows that connection's still there. And she does, you know, decide to hook up with her for for that reason. But she's not there to, like... It's almost nostalgia, you know? It's like, yeah. let's give it one last final ride. Exactly, yeah. Um, and she's going to send yeah. her on her way. Yeah, and she's, she's like, the, the decision is whether she lets the Countess live. Mm-hmm. And the Countess does seem to come across as genuine here where she says, this is hard for me. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, like, and you kind of feel after what she's gone through with Donovan and the kids, like maybe she really does feel this way. Well, and you get the sense that she's come to a for real realization that, um, kind of by having lived in the hotel for so many years, she's realizing that like, really she was just in mourning for all that time. And like, I'm kind of, you know, it was all PTSD basically from losing Valentino. And she was just trying to, come up with valentina substitutes for every you know all that time since then and i think you know it was she got some closure on that finally and maybe now she realizes it's time it's time to move on and she's going to take bartholomew and go i did think this was the cheesiest line ever when she says um where is it oh kill me but screw me first or something yeah. like that yeah <laughs> it's one of those like uh it's eye rolling but it's also like kind of fun <laughs> yeah very, very over the top like no one talks like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she's strutting out, and she's kind of on her her way. So we um, see that Ramona let her go. And what happens? Um, little John Lowe action. Yeah, the, she's on her way out to start her new life and free herself of the hotel because she says it's where she felt safe. And then boom, the 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 uh, elevator doors open up, and bam, 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 bam. She gets. I shot didn't see up. it coming. I didn't see it coming either. I, this was the surprise for me for this episode. It was really well laid out. 
Yeah, I thought they, that we were going to see the Countess walking out or something. Yeah, I I, I was impressed. It, it, it happened as a surprise, but it also felt right. Like, oh, of course he's going to do this. Yeah, and she ends up being the murderer that uh, finishes off the Ten Commandments. And Lord, he put he for the trophy. He uses her head. Yeah, he sawed her whole head off somehow. Which is Apparently interesting her... and a throwback to um, when March initially showed um, uh, Low his trophy room, and there was the head of his tax guy or something like that. Right. That's true. That's true. Um, and also, I mean, it feels a little freak show. And I think I've mm-hmm. said this before. We have all like the glass jars oh, full yeah. of body parts. You know. Um, also interesting, I mean, I wonder what Ramona's reaction to that would have been. I mean, I guess this is supposed to be a little bit in the future because the Countess is, like, fully dressed and walking out. Yeah. Um, so maybe Ramona's gone at this point. She's not just, like, hanging out watching him saw the head off the yeah. Countess or something. Um, but you have to imagine she's around. So like, yeah. the, I suppose we'll see her reaction later. Yeah, I wonder if it'll be like she was when she was the, um, oh, I can't remember her name in Freak Show now. Um, the name of uh, Ramona's, Ramona's character. character, yeah, or Angela Bassett. Um, she had, she had three boobs, triple boobs. Yeah, Desiree. Anyway, Desiree, thank you. When um, <laughs> when she had she had teamed up with um, Emma Roberts' character, mm-hmm. which I can't remember her name right now either. Uh, and then Emma Roberts volunteers to be sawed in half, and then she accidentally gets sawed in half by Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, and and. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, oh no, oh no. And like, I don't, I feel like someone's like, oh no, like she was going to help us. And uh, Desiree just kind of shrugs and like, I feel like looks at her nails and goes, eh, bitch had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they're on the same side. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it'll be that um, uh, um, apathetic, but she might be like, yeah, well, you know. I mean, she was about to kill her herself anyway. Yeah. So what? Yeah. she doesn't have a horse in the game really anymore. Um, but yeah, but when they're put, they say okay, moving forward, now there's another person who's trying to kill another person, and that's uh, so when March and Lo are talking about finally finishing the Ten Commandments in the wall in the trophy room, um, Sally's there in the back with a knife behind her back. Sally goes for it and uh, is ulti- uh, Lo's ultimately saved by March. Sally is um, no tact here. She like really this is this is your plan? Just you know, come on. Yeah, I mean, um, she has a whole lot of time to think these things through to actually follow through on a better plan to kill Lo than than this. She's a little um, more on edge and emotional than most of the characters, so maybe it does make sense. But it seems like if you've been planning this for a while, you'd at least come up with something better than I'm just going to charge you with a knife. Right. <laughs> um, but it seems like Lo is done. You know, March has plans for Lo, but Lo is done with them. Um, he's out of like a clarity, and he's going to go find his family. Mm-hmm. Um, What's he gonna find? I don't know. I don't know. That's where is his fa- where where are they? And we got no tease of that in the net for the for the finale. So I don't know. Are they all dead? No, I don't think they're all dead. I feel like, well, I, yeah, I don't think they're dead. I don't think we're gonna get a happy ending here, though. No, I mean, definitely not. And the only person who deserves one is Scarlet. Maybe maybe um, Holden does, but he's not that. I don't know. He was he's kind of innocent in in the sense that he didn't choose to become a vampire. Uh oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. You can cut it for half a second. Um. 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Lowe's gonna die. Oh, for I, sure. Know, Alex I, probably should die too. Yeah. Holden. I hope. Holden, and Scarlet. I'm, I'm kind of uh, apathetic on Holden. I, if Scarlet gets away, I just hope Scarlet survives because yeah. that poor girl's been through a lot. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the final scene. Dinner with the marches. Uh, dinner, dinner at the marches. That's right. Um, James is uh, nervously awaiting the arrival of the countess. We talk about how people are kind of discombobulated when they first realize they are ghosts. Um, unmoored, I think, is the word that they actually use, and they talk a little bit about that. And, and you know, March asks Miss Evers about her her experience and that sort of thing. Um, but he's he's anxious. He's excited to see her, and he's thrilled that he's going to have a companion now for eternity. Um, because she's forced to be there. <laughs> and she shows up, and she's just kind of dispassionate and doesn't care about anything and seems a little bit sad. Just kind of generally sad. Uh, Miss Evers throws in some little sharp comments here and there, some barbs. And uh, we get a revelation, which is when March um, tries to forgive the Countess for giving him up, we realize it was never the Countess at all. In fact, it was Miss Evers because she was jealous of the Countess and wanted mm-hmm. them to die together so that way they she could show him her ultimate devotion. Mm-hmm. Did you? What did you think was going to happen after she, you know, opens up her heart like this to him? Did you think that he was going to kiss her or something like that, or did you see this? Coming? Oh no, no. I was curious how, on what his move was going to be, but the one he actually ended up doing, which is banishing her, made the most sense. Um, it's most consistent with his character. He's not yeah. gonna all this. Stuff. He doesn't seem like he's one for like sentimentality like that at all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Even I though they've been together more, for decades. <laughs> I think he's more compelled by the Countess because she's like an exotic creature and also like an ornament, like another collection, kind of like you know the stuff in the glass right. jars. You know. In fact, she is in his glass jar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, he he's not as. Um, you know, she gives this very, like, almost like a speech you'd find in, like, a romance or something about, like, I was always before your eyes and you never saw how much I loved you. Um, but it falls short. And I think that uh, in some ways, by getting that off her chest and having him reject her openly, uh, it frees her. I think it's symbolically, you know, as we see her take off the apron, it frees her. Right. And I think she even says there's more stains and spots or whatever in, in heaven and hell than there that are in than are in your own philosophy or something like that she says to um the countess which was interesting i didn't really get what she was trying to go for besides it's it's dirty elsewhere not just at the hotel and her business is resolved and finished at the hotel and she can now like pass over or, or pass what is it called transition all that stuff Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that about that meaning that she was transitioning to the other world. But I guess that was probably her unfinished business was probably revealing that she had done that mm-hmm. and that she was in love with him. And she finally got set free. Huh? Yeah, I didn't understand her quote really that there was more stains in heaven and, and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Yeah, that was weird. I'm sure people. Also, I mean, I'll Google that later, but. Yeah. Yeah. Provide your provide your philosophical explanations if you would, because that I was a little bit um, having some trouble unraveling that one. Um, but it was an interesting moment, and then I guess the episode really ends when March and, and 
they kind of toast each other, and we kind of see you know him him so excited about them spending eternity together, and really. And her I mean, crying. The, count, the countess realizing this is this is her hell, basically. But the fact that they're both there insinuates that they both have unfinished business of some mm-hmm. kind. Um, so maybe there's still a possibility for them to finish their business. I guess we'll we'll find out in the final episode. Um, another question I had for you though that I didn't think about till now was March the first ghost at the Cortez? I think so because he built it, right? So he must or I guess not because he killed people while he was still alive. So probably his first kill would be the first ghost, right? Or did there not was there not ghost till he died for some reason? I guess we don't right, really know what the yeah, what the with the horror origin of why ghosts are trapped in this one geographic location. Usually in in lore, it's something like really tragic or traumatic has to happen with like a lot of like i'm thinking of like the grudge or something like that uh something highly emotional happens and in rage or something like rips rips a hole in the fabric of reality or something like that which maybe march did by killing himself after he killed so many people or something like that you know or by i don't know yeah anyway interesting to think about but yeah um i so Going into next episode, I'm going to go ahead and just say the teaser. In the teaser, it seems like to me Iris and Liz are trying to open up their hotel finally and are really struggling because all the dead people are still there terrorizing people. Um, it's so like I'm f- glad they're finally addressing it, but it's it's absolutely absurd. I know we have to suspend disbelief, but it is absolutely absurd that anyone would check into this hotel ever. No one has ever checked out. I feel like except for John Lowe, <laughs> and he's back. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, you go there, you die. Like, no one ever, like, goes looking for these people except for uh, when Drake, when Will Drake went missing. They had two cops show up, and then Will Drake showed up as a ghost and shoot him away. Yeah. Like, what? Ah. Now they're concerned. Like, they've been doing this for decades, and now they're, like, a hundred years whenever March started murdering people. Anyway. Right. I, I, so if, if they had never addressed it, sorry, if they had never addressed like that, then maybe it would be more plausible. Again, this is having not seen next week's episode, but now that they are going to open that up, like it's it's like no, you can't play that card now when you've been ignoring it the whole time, unless they do something really good with it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, they're, it seems like they are picking and choosing a little bit, and then we have to tie up the story with Lo and his family, obviously, and mm-hmm. with right Sally. And Sally. And I think we're kind of done with the Countess. I think, I mean, March could still have a role in the Lowe story, I guess. Um, and Ramona... We'll see what... She'll be in there. She'll be... Well, we'll see if she's actually going to run the hotel, too, or if she's going to have some demise as well. She'll make an appearance, yeah. Um, we had a really good email from Carrie that had a good theory for the final episode that I think is probably pretty on point for what's going to happen here. Um, and it, it was reminding us that um, Sarah Paulson is reprising her role from season one, Murder House. That's right. As the um, psychic, Claire Billy Blaine. Dean yeah. Howard, yeah, psychic, who could yeah. speak with the spirits. And the idea was that she, they're going to bring her in to try to get rid of the spirits in, in the hotel. Um, which mm. I think is a distinct possibility. So I think that was that's pretty insightful... Uh, pretty insightful prediction, I would say. Um, yeah, I guess what I what I want to ask you is, 
And I mean, we'll we'll have to reevaluate this after we see next week's episode. But are you pleased with how things have wrapped up at this point? How we wrapped up the Countess's story? How we've kind of wrapped up things with Ramona and Donovan, and Donovan and Iris? I think I think for what what my expectations are and what it could have been, I think they they met the expectations. Um, the the way that um, the Countess went out was pretty awesome and exciting. Um, I'm 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 still waiting to see how they're going to wrap up everyone else because there's a lot of people that need their comeuppance. <laughs> but as for what it was, it it didn't fall below, but it didn't like exceed um, my expectations. It, it hit it hit right in the spot where I, I kind of figured it would, and I like that. I'm happy with that. Um, do you, what? How do you feel about how it's gotten so, with the penultimate episode? I liked it as well. I think I didn't like it as much as I th- the was it the last episode that we liked so much. Um, there's been a lot mm-hmm. of episodes this season that I've, we've actually been pretty pretty high on, which I think says a lot for the storyline being more cohesive and consistent. Even though we just you know we've talked about um, suspension of disbelief in some areas, but I do think overall we've been, I've been pretty happy happy with the storyline. I think we've had a good amount of humor. We've had some fun. We've had some creepy. Um, and I've appreciated all of it. As far as what I want to see, what do I want to see in the finale? I want to see some, like, fireworks, you know, some real crazy shit hit the fan. Yeah, I want to see something unexpected, I guess. Um, I liked, and that's kind of, my favorite part of this episode was probably having John Lowe kill the Countess at the end there. Um, yeah. Because that was a twist I wasn't anticipating. I'd like to see a couple things like that, like a couple things happen. Because I feel like oftentimes we'll end up predicting something and we hit it the nose on the head because maybe it's too easy to predict. You know, it's too predictable. But um, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to be surprised. Um, I have a few quick questions for you before we wrap this up. One is, is Queenie a ghost now? No, I don't think so. I think she was quick, one and done, little cameo kind of thing. Is Cordelia going to show up and bring her back to life since she's the Supreme? <laughs> no. No, I think we're done with the witches. That was just like a, a you know, a, a nod to that, past seasons. So I kind of felt the way, not as strongly about, oh God, I can't, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Um, oh boy, Queen. Um, big spoiler alert then. Yeah. Oh God. Pause it now. Should I just not, I should just not say it. Um, anyway, Queenie reminds me of a character um, that uh, I can't. There's no way around this. Anyway, I'm just gonna say it was kind of disappointing uh, to see what I thought Queenie's storyline was after Coven um, ended, where she went with that as as like on the witch's council and the assistant to Cordelia or whatever. Like pretty awesome. Like she had a great. Um, so I had this like kind of v- uh, version of her life as she moved forward, finally finding her group and. Now she shows up at the shitty hotel and gets murdered. Like that just ruins everything that I liked about how her story ended in Coven. You know, like it sucks. That was kind of cheap. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of cheap. Yeah, I didn't like that either. No, that's Um, kind of. I agree with you. I agree. The the one thing, the only thing that I kind of had going for it is it was ballsy because they killed off a fan favorite from a previous season. You know, that's why I'm like, I don't know. I'm torn because like, come on, that's it's a little cheap to bring back you know a fan favorite character and just kill that character off like in two minutes um i don't know i i'm, I'm still trying to figure out if i liked it or not or if i if i liked it even a little bit because right now i don't like it 
Yeah, it just seemed a little self-serving, a little masturbatory. <laughs> like, like, let's acknowledge yeah, totally. that, you know, you know, this is our world and we can do whatever the hell we want. And yeah, I agree. It, yeah. It's too bad because like, yeah, it's kind of fun to have it that um, story. Yeah. It, you know, it's like when you finish a book and, you know, you think about where the characters go afterward or, you know, you, you, you like to imagine that there's a, a life for these characters after what you see. Exactly. Yeah. Because you spend a season um, the with other them question... you recognize them as real people. Exactly, yeah. And Queenie was great. I mean, she went through her little dark time, and then she came out and was awesome and was friends, just found her group because she needed that. Anyway, that that was a tough for me. Uh, the other question I have is, what's going to happen with Bartholomew? I would guess, I almost wonder if he'll even get addressed. I feel like <laughs> we, he only appeared in two episodes. It was such like a side note. Yeah, that's the other thing I would say is like I was expect hoping expecting hoping that there would be because it was so like promoted. Maybe this was the media's fault that there would be like a tie to murder house, you know. And obviously mm-hmm. she went to murder house and did that, but it was like there wasn't as much of a connection as maybe a lot of us had had thought there might be, um, yeah. or had hoped there would be. I'm trying unless to there's going to be unless there's going to be a big reveal. I mean, obviously we're going to have Billy Dean Howard come back, so maybe. Uh, there'll be more in that, but I, I yeah, I just think of Bartholomew. Who the hell cares? He was like a prop. <laughs> he's, you know, yeah. I think that he's just gonna be well because he's not aging either. Um, does he drink blood? Is he a vampire? or Is he dead? No idea. Uh, I'm you know, imagining, but he attacks people. Yeah, he's just gonna be like everything else in that hotel, which is just like an evil spirit that kills things. Oh boy, we're running. So along. maybe I don't know. Maybe when, yeah, maybe, well, this is the penultimate episode, but maybe when they exercise <laughs> the hotel that they'll finally get rid of Bartholomew along with yeah. all the other garbage in there. Um, <sighs> well, I guess ultimately I give this episode, I was going to give it four and a quarter, but then I, after talking with you about it for a little bit and realizing the Queenie thing is kind of hitting me a little harder than I thought it would. Um, that being said, it was great to see that character and. I, Liz was fantastic, and anyway, I I give this four stars. I think you made a convincing point with the Queenie thing. Um, that's affecting my decision as well. But I wasn't as high on this episode either. Just other than um, John Lowe kind of swinging in at the end, I wasn't fully satisfied by Sally's background story. Yeah, it didn't really explain her origins as much, um, and some of the stuff just seemed kind of. I, I don't know. I was, it was a little disappointing. Like the flip flopping we talked about with Ramona and stuff like that. Like it, it makes him gets... have to cover so much more ground later on that. Yeah. Writing wise. And that's just tiring well, and boring. Well, and it doesn't it, like, a, you know, like we said, it doesn't connect you to the in characters quite as much when you don't believe, you know, you don't believe them when they're passionate about something, when it seems like they'll just change their feelings so quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it like three and three quarters. Okay. I think, um, so seven and three quarters. Yeah. Drop it down That's... a little bit because I mean, it's respectable because I think the season, good. this season overall, the yeah. season's been it's good. good episode. Yeah. But, um, it just hasn't quite lived up to what some of the other ones have, but, uh, hoping for, like you said, ending with a bang on this final episode here. So, yeah, I, holy crap. I can't believe that the I season finale is next week. You blew my mind when you told me that. I, I it said, like, the finale coming up on the preview. I was like, oh, yeah, but that's for two weeks. So, whatever. Yeah, nuts. I wonder why they decided to do 12. I don't know if I know the reason. Um, yeah, we'll have to, after we watch next week, we'll have to see if we feel like 
maybe maybe the storyline needed tw- you know only needed 12 or maybe we feel like there was things they could have done that's something we could discuss next week along with mm-hmm. what, we, what we think will the next season will be anyway um yeah uh, everybody thanks again for of course joining us and uh this is definitely the best time to join in the discussion before we lead into the finale so hit us up on facebook at this american horror story and of course at this american horror story at gmail.com and rate us review us means the world to us chris where can people uh, keep following you in 2016 <laughs> i'm on all those uh, social media things at chris Husted, uh except snapchat that's the chris Husted. what about you tyler you can follow me on twitter and instagram and all those good things including yeah including goodreads which is fun at tj moss 11 check me out and um until next week, until the big finale, happy hauntings, everybody. You, you say it. You say it. I, I was going to say, say happy new year, but you can. But that's your thing. It's our thing, Chris. <laughs> happy hauntings. <laughs> and we're out.